0: Trying
1: to, me down. trying to
0: keep me down all this time. All this time. I thought I never out. thought I'd make
1: it out. No, Welcome to Level day day Up day. with Adrian Cruz. No. My life. My life. Thank you for coming on the show. Today I am joined with. Chandler Gull, and I've actually been trying to have this guy on for a minute. He actually works downstairs in my offices, or where I'm at. I'm on the third floor, and he's on the second floor. And uh, every time we have conversations, we're always just like, man, we should have just recorded that. So today I finally got him on. Chandler, what's up, man?
0: Hey, what's up, man? Uh, it's good to be here. We've uh, been talking about doing this podcast for quite a few months now. So after you finally asking me, you probably... 20 times, I'm here. Let's do it.
1: (laughs) Well, welcome to the podcast, brother. I do want to tell the audience, uh, maybe give them a little brief description or summary of who you are and what you've done and what you're currently doing now. Uh, Where are you from and what career you're in?
0: Sounds good. Name is Chandler Goal, as Adrian said, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've started several different businesses in the past few years. I just turned 27 a couple months ago. Um, But most recently, I've been working on a real estate technology project called MapSot for commercial real estate. Uh, So that's been the main use of my time. But as you know, I've also founded a company called Mindpower. It's a mental health nonprofit. uh, And I'm mixed in with a few different different businesses that I'm working on right now. I'd call them more projects, uh, not full-fledged businesses yet, uh, but in the works, you know, a few hustles. So uh, that's a little bit about what I've been doing. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on track and on pace trying to start a new business every year, or two years, uh, because I think over the, the span of a few decades, that's going to definitely bear some fruit.
1: Yeah, for sure. What, uh, what city were you born and raised in?
0: So I grew up in Indiana, in a super small town, about 5000 people uh, in the farmland uh, across the street from some cornfields. Uh, was born in a city near purdue university which is lafayette indiana so if you look that up it's probably a hundred thousand people there um, but the town that i grew up in was super small I, I lived there until i went to went to college and then i moved to, to south florida and lived there for a few years and then you and i met and got connected when i moved out here to, to wyoming um, in 2022.
1: gotcha but before that you were living in miami correct
0: I was for about five years. How uh, was mostly, that? It, it was great. I mean, mostly for, uh, you know, I went to college there um, and then stayed a couple years after and, and worked uh, a couple different jobs in that market. But, you know, I, I really enjoyed it there. I'd definitely, you know, consider going back one day. Uh, you know, but for now, I think it's just, you know, Miami is a really cool place. A lot of people love going there for the, the things that, you know, Miami attracts, but, You know, a lot of people actually leave Miami uh, to to really build up and then they go back more so, you know, for vacation, I'm sure with real estate, you know, that it's a huge short term rental market. Not as many people truly live there all year round. Uh, It's a lot of people just traveling there for the, you know, for the weather, uh, you know, for the beach, the ocean, stuff like that.
1: Gotcha. And then you moved out here and now you started with this company called MapZot AI, correct? That's correct. And uh, explain to us what that is, because I think um, this morning, I was actually, me and you, before we got on, on, started recording, we started talking about how important AI is and, you know, just some of the tools that we're using, I'm, I know I'm using a couple and we'll dive deep into that here shortly. Um, I know AI is becoming really popular in the real estate market, you know, and with you, can you explain to us what your software is?
0: Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best, to to put it into simple terms. It's what's called a a site selection technology for commercial real estate. And, you know, commercial is obviously very broad, but our specific focus is with retail chains, retail companies. Um, so there's an entire science and art behind, you know, deal making and why companies like McDonald's choose to open a location in a certain market or in a certain area or corridor street within the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a lot to do with the the area, the demographics, the type of real estate, everything that goes into uh, a formula that companies have traditionally used, you know, gut intuition and instinct in a market, uh, to figure out where they want to open a location. So, uh, we've leveraged and created, you know, unique algorithms for every brand out there that you can think of, which helps them analyze and find locations within a market that they should open up their next chain.
1: Got it. Okay. And then so you guys have been doing that for how long now?
0: So the inception of the you know the algorithms when they were first built was back in 2018. Okay. Uh but you know the thing about AI and if you're familiar with with ChatGPT is there's a pretty decent learning curve to it. The mm-hmm. models have to have a enough data set data sets to you know be able to have al- accurate outputs, right? and they have to be trained and, and they continually learn and become smarter over time. So, uh, really only been in market more as a company client facing for the past, uh, two or three years. Now I, I can explain a little bit more and give you an example of, you know, how okay, that works for, yeah. for, for the audience. Let's say we use an example here. Cause I, I know they're a Cheyenne based company. So I'll just use that, uh, Taco John's. So Ch- Taco John's, if you look in in different areas, they have more than one location in Cheyenne. What do they have? Two or three, or how many locations do they Honestly, have in the area?
1: Probably, probably closer to four.
0: Yeah, at least four. So you'd think, okay, how can they have four locations in this market, right? Well, there's there's a science behind that. You know, they have a certain customer base. They typically look to see, uh, you know, who is their customer, right? Is it someone who's younger? What's their audience actually? Um, and then identify within different areas in the market if it's viable or not, mm-hmm. right? So one of the things that we help companies with, if it was Taco John's, for example, would be how many locations can they actually open up in a market, right? Mm. Because a new location uh, is obviously going to bring a new revenue stream, right? Right. But you know sometimes, and we'll use you know a different example. Like I like Chipotle. Anybody who knows me knows that I like Chipotle. Uh, and if Chipotle has a location that's, you know, 10, 15 minutes away, I'll go to it. But if they open up another location, that's a couple minutes away, I might not really ever go to that other one again. Right. So they might lose a few customers in that process, but what they're going to gain in top line revenue might be really positive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's super smart, man. I feel like there's so many tools that you can, you know, Figure out what works for your investment strategy, whether it's commercial, like, like Chandler's uh, software here. If you're into that, st- it won't work for me, but I feel like there, I feel like you guys probably will end up doing fixer uppers, right? Because there's an algorithm for that too.
0: Um. So, are you talking like single family, or what are you talking? Yeah, like? just
1: single family in general.
0: So you know, there's there's definitely a use case, and we're in the the early developments and there's definitely a potential for um we'll say like larger multifamily mm-hmm. uh and and industrial different developments like that maybe single family might be something further down the line uh to identify those opportunities but i would say for you know like multifamily like picture you know there's the the breeze through car wash over there um you know in town and there's a a pretty new apartment complex right next door mm-hmm. uh helping you know the developers and the investors to identify where exactly in the market should they you know, plan for a development like that uh, is something that's in the scope of what we can do in the future, which that's going to be really, you know, really powerful. It's going to attract uh, a lot of REITs, real estate investment trusts and funds uh, as they're trying to, you know, uh, both do acquisitions and then also new developments in different markets pretty much around the country too.
1: Yeah. So many ways, man. So many ways. That's crazy. Well, so for me, I wanted to talk a little bit more about like what I'm also using for my AI because I know there's a lot of real estate investors that listen to my podcast and they're probably like, well, how do I use AI for, you know, because we all know that it's, we we just got to learn how to embrace AI. Right. And there's so many people, I was just telling you this earlier, there's a lot of real estate investors out there that are still doing old ways and old techniques to get new deals or to figure out how to underwrite their deals or maybe try to get lead flow. But um, there's so many other tools out there and I kind of wanted to kind of want to talk about the tool that I used or that I still use this uh, for my real estate businesses. I used, I don't know if you've heard it before, but it's called deal machine.
0: Um, no, I don't think you've heard of it.
1: So deal machine, I've been using this uh, AI for a long time. Um, they have like, it's it's if it, you know ChatGPT plugs into a lot of different apps now, but ChatGPT is also on there, just with a different name. Um, but anyway, so Deal Machine, I've been using this one for like four years now, and that's the software that I used to like create my list. So like just like how you guys would do with your software and figure out algorithms and all that stuff, I have my own. Like you have to figure out your own algorithm. So then I would actually build my list of like driving around all day long adding like fixer uppers because there's no software out there yet that will identify i guess like this lump sum of fixer uppers in a neighborhood not yet at least i'm pretty sure eventually they'll use like a google map type um, situation to where like they can drive through the neighborhoods and build their own list of fixed uppers. But for now, this is what I'm using. It's just, I actually have to either hire a driver or me drive around and then add the properties on a list. And then from that list, I get to either cold call them or I get to skip trace them. And when you add them on the list, you can also send direct mail and you can set that on like a reoccurring direct mail. And you can also see like, Low equity, high equity, mortgage amounts. It's crazy because you can even see like the household income, right, of that property address on Doom Machine. And you can type in like, hey, like you can add on there or how much is this property worth? And it'll literally tell you what the property's worth. So Doom Machine is like a really good tool that I've used for AI on my like fixer upper. Um, But your stuff, I definitely like, I'm sure you guys are going to come up with Sometime, like I said, I'm sure for a fixer uppers and single family and, you know, all that, that whole nine.
0: Right. And I, I didn't mention this before, but just to frame the power of, of big data and it, you know, AI is I think misinterpreted by many, unless you know and understand, uh, what goes into, you know, real AI, uh, you know, but essentially there's a, there's a pretty strong power in big data. If you have enough data sets and in the, in the situation that, you know, MAPSOT's in, we do, we have, uh, 15 terabytes of data that we process every day, uh, essentially at the company. And, um, you know, with that, what we're able to do is actually predict future real estate transactions. Oh, okay. So if you if you know the past and you know the decisions that different companies have made, or you know, let's say it's uh in, in the multifamily case, uh you know there's a fund and they have a specific type of you know real estate that they identified to do developments, uh you know properties, specific amount of buildings on the property, stuff like that. There's a formula that's been put together over time. Uh, using big data, you can create predictive algorithms to identify where that transaction would next take place. Mm. So we've done that on a mass level, which is really cool. And then what's from a value standpoint to companies is our ability to predict the performance output. So that can look a lot of different ways, but let's just take one example. You know, the main one is how much revenue is that going to do? Dang. So from it, from an investment standpoint, that's really powerful, right? Because it takes a lot of the guesswork out of an investment. If you have, and it it's it's not like it has to be exact. It's getting a, a general consensus or a higher level of confidence what the performance outcome is going to be in your investment. That's huge. Because we're talking, you know, millions of dollars mm-hmm. that, that go into any of these investments, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's big ball.
1: It's definitely mind-blowing for sure. Yeah. What's, what's coming in the future and how easy it will be for us investors to actually make money with all the tools that's going to be provided for us, you know? And, uh, like I said, even my little deal machine app, dude, it's made me millions of dollars and I pay probably a hundred bucks a month. I mean, yes, I pay for every direct mail, but even then it's like the tools that's like being provided for us to succeed now is so much more than we've ever had in the past.
0: Right. Yeah. I think, um, I want to actually ask you this because I'm I'm curious what you think. But where do, where do you think you've seen the greatest impact, positive impact, of AI, like across any industry? And I know you're like making content and stuff now, so um, and that's kind of what I think it's made the greatest impact is um, you know copywriting, mm. content generation, uh, editing, you know across the board. There, I think that's where it's been the most, probably the most notable. Uh, but there's so many different use cases. I don't know what you think.
1: Man, I don't know, bro. That's definitely... I use ChatGPT a lot. so. And I know there's so many different so versions. I. But um, that, that's a pretty pretty big question. And I wish I had a bigger answer for that. But I honestly... The positive impacts of AI. Man, I feel like we use it more than we think, right? Like... Hmm. What are your summaries, some of your examples, just so I can kind of yeah. answer your question yeah. a little bit better?
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I think some of the coolest AI products that I've seen, especially surrounding like creating content, is in art. Like there's a there's a technology there's a few of them, but there's one that I've used is called Leonardo AI. Uh-huh. It's so cool. You can you can give it a, a short description of a prompt and it'll generate, generate AI artwork surrounding that. Um, So I think that's, that's one of the coolest things that I've seen because it's just like, it's like, wow. And you'd have to use it to have an idea of what I'm talking about. But if you, if you look that one up,
1: it's, it's like art Leonardo, like, okay. Uh, Da Vinci. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's like, you, you give it a, you give it a script. Like I could, if, if, if I uploaded a photo of you and like, titled it, like, Adrian Cruz, just theoretically, and I I gave it a prompt, like, Adrian Cruz closing a real estate transaction. It would gather data sets that it has on those criteria and keywords, and it would create some art. That's cool. And some photos around it. They're animated, you know, pieces of artwork.
1: It's kind of like this, uh, I have this app, it's called Luka, L-O-O-K-A, and it creates logos, and it's like the same thing. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I've heard of Luka, yeah. Luca or Luca.
1: Yeah, right Luca. Yep, yep, yep. Luca.
0: Yeah, that's another good example of, of AI for you know design purposes, mm-hmm. like logo generation. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a few tools out there that do that, and I think the transformation of AI is every company is looking to adopt it in one way, shape, or form. Right. Implementation of AI is something that is becoming more and more essential for you know business to be optimized. Okay. Uh, you know, across different areas and different departments of a company, whether large or small, it's like for you example, it's like you have a bunch of different assistants. You exactly.
1: Know? That's all it is for me. I
0: think for like solopreneurs and and small business owners, it gives you a lot more opportunity because you can do things that you wouldn't have been able to do, um, at least do affordably, right? Um, you know,
1: before. Yeah. So this morning, funny example. But this morning I actually was trying to get a code violation list. And I don't know if you know what that is, Chandler, but code violation list is pretty much like a list of properties that's either not met code and the city will literally probably tag red tag them and they can't either work on a property or they're flagged to where, you know, they just can't continue any work or whatever, right? But I had a chat GPT to have me write me a request. For a code violation to the city of Cheyenne, and it gave me like this whole like essay of like requesting code violation list. Right. And without that, bro, there's no way I would have been able to write that. And it wrote it in like 30 seconds. So yeah, it, I literally pretty much just had like an assistant as a lawyer this morning write that up for me. And this podcast too, uh, I do use AI for this podcast for like the speech podcast so this will clean up all the the ai will clean up all the and you said you used it for your podcast too right yeah the adobe enhanced speech Mm -hmm. um but yeah no essentially we all just have a hundred assistants just helping us with our day-to-day stuff that we don't we probably should hire out but we don't we just have ai do it now
0: (laughs) right yeah it's crazy man I think that it it opens up new doors and, and definitely new opportunities. Um, and, and for some, for some people it's, you know, it's a bad thing. And for some people it's a, it's a good thing. Depends which side, you know, you're on. It could be, it could be you that it's a good thing because now you can streamline your editing process. Whereas, you know, it might be bad for whoever your editor was before. Exactly. And they're like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, but I think I think the important thing to note on just positive terms of AI is, it's a transformation of of industries. You know, the the job market does transition, and and while you know some people fear AI, uh, you know taking and you know certain jobs, right? The the transformation that comes with technological advancement uh, creates so many opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think there's a there's a positive. It's just the the skill sets. And the learning curve that goes into different careers and paths that people choose is changing incredibly fast.
1: For sure. Yeah, I'm still trying to keep up with all this stuff. You had just mentioned earlier about cloning your voice. Right. And I'm like, dude, maybe I should do that. So I I mean, because I'm doing this podcasting. So I'm like, maybe I should just do this, like cloning my voice and just have chat GPT just spurl out a whole episode and (laughs) talk for me. What do you? What's your thoughts on that? Why did you clone your voice?
0: Uh, I I cloned it because of uh, what I'm doing for one of my projects, Executive Media. Mm-hmm. Uh, creating creating uh, you know financial education style content uh, on primarily YouTube as a as a platform, but distributing that content, you know, creating viral content right. essentially. And the reason I clone my voice is because, yes, I can, you know, manually record and have trial and error and and make mistakes and have to do more editing. Or I could give an AI-driven software samples of my voice and that can piece together a script, you know, that I give it. And I can basically multiply myself. Right. So it's, it's the reason I did it is to value my time input. Right. Because then I can do more and have more time available to do, you know, other things like thinking like, you know, spending time towards, you know, things that AI can't replace, which is my strategic vision, hmm. you know, things like that. So if, if you're in a high level position, I mean, it's absolutely, you know, I would say very, very helpful and effective or maybe even essential uh, at that point, because there's ton of scale. Mm. You know, if, if you're, if you're creating content and it's, you can only create so much as you have time available, but with that, for example, I can create as much content as I feel.
1: Yeah. You got a good, you made a good point there. Cause this morning I actually was looking up at a, uh, a wholesaling software where like you can dial up to 5,000 phone calls in less than a minute. So with you cloning your voice, I'm guessing in the future, you would be able to cold call. You said yesterday you cold call a thousand people and not one picked up or whatever, not one you made an appointment with for your business, Chandler. I know in the future, it's probably going to happen sooner than you think. You said cloning your voice and then making that script. Do you think that'll be in the cold calling world here soon?
0: Yeah. So there's, there's regulations currently uh, in place and becoming more strict as to, uh, so first of all, conversational AI works and it works pretty well.
1: Really well. It's kind of scary, honestly. And
0: and there are, there are cold calling AIs right? um, that, you know, depending on someone's understanding that, oh, this sounds like, if they can understand what it may sound like, they might be able to pick it up for a lot of the population. They have no idea. So there's a lot of scams Mm. Uh, that can take place. And and people do have to be, you know, I think they need to understand and be more educated as to, uh, you know, how to be aware of what these things look like. But yeah, conversational AI exists. There's several AI driven softwares out there that you can do things like cold calls. Uh, The the main thing is uh, the push for, you know, the requirement essentially to say that you're speaking to an automated voice, right? And, and, allowing the person at the other end of the line to understand that this is not a real human that you're speaking to. Mm. So there's transparency. Um, There's been regulations increased on, you know, leveraging celebrity and especially political figures, voices for different use cases, because not only can you clone people's voices, but you can clone and create a video of let's say Adrian Cruz talking It looks like you, it sounds like you, but it's not you. And so there's a lot of dangers that can come with that, right? True. So, you know, they're trying to figure out, I think different, different regulating bodies are trying to figure out how to manage this, you know, to be able to use it for the positives, but, you know, be, be conscious and and have regulations for the negative outcomes that can, you know, persist.
1: True because someone else can just create it really quick of whoever they want to create. Right. I
0: mean, you've probably you've probably seen or, or heard about, you know, uh, you know, different viral scams like you get like your your somebody from your family gets called and they think it's you and like you need some money mm, and stuff like yeah, that. I've heard those it's, stories. It's not, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And people used to do that before AI too. But with AI it's like, so I think more than ever too you want to be protective of like different aspects of your identity too cuz like you know, everybody's always, you know, you've heard it many times before people be, you know, concerned about like their social security card and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, Oh, keep, keep those numbers and things safe. Your phone number, don't give it to everybody. Your you know, all kind of stuff, but like be weary and conscious of like other things too, like your voice, you know, your identity mm. and stuff like that. Cause, um, you know, not everybody is good out there. You know, there, there's bad people in the world and, um, so I think it's good to be, you know, conscious and at least understand this stuff.
1: Yeah. How know? fast when you cloned your voice? How fast was that like, from from start to finish of cloning your voice? What did you have to do?
0: So there's there's different tiers to it. So I I used a software called Eleven Labs, uh, which is one of the most recognized, you know, essentially voice cloning softwares out there. They have a couple different tiers. One is more of an instantaneous clone. Uh, where you give it a, a few data samples of your own voice and it's okay and and it's you know it's kind of you call it like a lighter version of the software and then there's a uh, a very intricate super accurate detailed clone that takes uh, their lab uh, and a significant more amount of data it takes them several weeks to to digest and put it together uh, you know pretty accurately so that's kind of a, a higher tier I mean I've I've followed people that have, you know, said that they've cloned their voice and they've paid upwards of ten thousand dollars to to clone their voice, fifteen thousand dollars for the for the highest quality, uh, you know, of this, which is which is crazy. I mean, the use case there too for for some of this stuff is like, you know, picture like uh, like like Grant Cardone, for example, has created an entire e library of educational sales videos. With AI, you can do the same thing. But you can automate and scale that, you know, infinitely, and mm-hmm. just focus on the prompts. But every video is still, you know, whoever it is creating the video. So that's a use case that I, I think people are going to start to use that more. So for is for like education and training videos, uh, whether it's internally or whether it's something that they're trying to like sell to you, to an audience, like a course. Uh, I think people you know use it for that a lot more.
1: Yeah, I've seen that course creation AI thing too. Have you seen that one? Mm. Where it's like you can pick your character of whoever's teaching oh, that course. It's called Synthesia. Yep, that's what it was. Yeah. And then you can pick your character. You can pick a, a white gentleman or black gentleman and, right. or an Asian female, whatever, that will teach your courses for you. And you just type in whatever you want to type in. And then this person, mm-hmm. a real-life person on the video, but it's actually AI, Right. will be speaking and teaching you whatever you want to teach. It's crazy. Yeah,
0: and so pe- people give permission to their uh the rights to their voice Mm. and the rights to their face essentially in products like that um you know which is which is crazy um
1: it's wild super wild what else is happening out there in the ar world because i know you're pretty deep into the ai stuff i'm barely getting into it man like i said i just started using the podcasting and then now i'm doing like you know um all the real estate stuff. There's so many more real estate stuff that I used, still use. Like I use, I use ChatGPT still for everything, like all my ad descriptions and my 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 Facebook ads and creating whatever ads on Facebook Um, for, with that, that Luca. I use that for creating ads too. Uh, but what else is happening out there in the AI world that I'm like, cause I'm so, I'm stuck in my own little world here in Cheyenne, you know, just flipping houses. What else is going on out there?
0: Man, it, there's a lot. Um, I'd say one, one of the biggest biggest immersions is, uh, and I keep I keep seeing it left and right, is the increased popularity of building you know people wanting to build software and software companies. So the ability to to leverage AI to actually you know aid substantially in the the software development process and like writing code. Um, I think there's a lot of scale there. Mm. Um, and I always see like viral videos and kind of like meme videos from different, it might be like a software developer out in San Francisco and he's joking about how he's paid for, you know, 300, 400 grand a year and he uses chat GPT or he uses AI for like writing a lot of his code and he just like (laughs) reviews it. You know what I mean? So there's, there's a lot out there that can be used. I think it's, it's not AI that's taking over the world. It's people who understand how to use AI.
1: Hmm. That's but it's also getting a lot smarter than it was last year.
0: Yeah. So I mean, there is there is, you know, super intelligent
1: AI, yes. AI. <laughs> yes. And, and
0: that's, you know, and, and then there's the way that picture people pick people picture AI as like, you know, traditionally like AI from a robotics standpoint as well. Mm-hmm. And there's that fear component as well. Whereas uh, you know, that exists as well. Um, don't need to go into the, you know, that conversation probably don't want to. Um, but you know, a lot of the AI that's used, you know, today is, is not at least in, in, in the real world, in the day-to-day that people use, it's not in that realm. It's more so for freeing up a lot of the tasks that people would, you know, previously had to do day-to-day like themselves or, you know, somebody else. Uh, I think that's, you know, mostly the main use case, but, uh, there's a lot of stuff on the other side of the fence, you know, crazy. that you probably won't go to. Today. Well, I
1: had known that Tony Robbins, he's like a very yeah. famous speaker, mm-hmm. influencer. Um, I heard that he had cloned himself. Now he has a clone. Yeah. That looks exactly like him. A real life robot. <laughs> it's crazy. That's, a, that's on
0: the other side of the fence. That's why I was saying that. <laughs>
1: i <laughs> don't, don't want to talk about that. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, we don't we don't want to go there, man. We don't know who's listening, Adrian.
1: <laughs> AI could be listening right now, and this is gonna go through an AI software to get edited. So, yep. pretty crazy. Um, yeah, man, it's crazy out there. What's what's going on in the world? And you know, it's it's definitely. I don't know if I would say scary where the world's going to be in like the 10 years, just even thinking about it with the whole technology and what we're going to have available for us. uh, We can either look at it and look at it negative, or we can be that person that embraces it and uses it like me and you, what me and you are doing. Mm -hmm. Um, We're just taking the time to learn a lot of these tools that's available to us and helping it help us grow. Right?
0: Right there is a another thing i was i was thinking about as we were just sitting here is from a like an investments perspective Mm -hmm. that a lot of people don't know and and don't understand but um, you know it's something that has been exclusive primarily to to institutions across time and i'm talking investments firms um, which is advanced trading algorithms so whether it's you know stocks crypto forex uh there's different trading softwares and algorithms that you can utilize uh to get higher returns but also still free up your time that are uh they're legal completely to use but you know traditionally have been you know exclusively used more so by the uh the wealth centers you mm. know of the world the you know multi billion dollar firms that uh you know our funds you know the pockets of of New York and the banks uh, investment banks um, different wealth management firms using this type of software to manage their funds. And that's something I think that a lot of people, you know, don't know and don't understand. You've got the average person who's trying to figure out, you know, 60% or how many people live paycheck to paycheck out there. Probably a
1: lot more than you think, probably 90%, I would say.
0: 90% perhaps. And we could, you know, we could look into that a little bit more to see what it actually is. But um, you know, for the for the available few, even of the ninety percent, how many actually understand or or look to figure out how can they invest more, or how can they get more to invest, right? How can they how can they save or get more access to capital, and then uh, there comes the education factor, right, of actually being good at investing or becoming good at trading, and then there's your time factor. You know, I I know I know you know some traders.
1: Yeah, right? it's funny because I do I do kind of watch a little bit of the trading stuff and i trade a little bit myself not in a any crazy level like some of my friends do but it's funny because like i even watch like trading bots and there's trading bots out there and honestly that's like last week i kind of just like been studying these like bots that's what i'm talking about and i'm like i've copied some of their moves and i have yet to lose any money
0: that's what i'm talking
1: about (laughs) it's so crazy bro
0: that and 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 not many people know about this. I'll yeah. be honest. I, I, I say not many people know about this. Sometimes it seems like a lot of people do. But on a, on a mass level, the population, not many people know or understand that this kind of stuff can be available. Because you have to be like you and you have to have met people, known people, and then gone and done the research and learn, educate yourself how to you know, implement and optimize these trading algorithms or mm-hmm. these bots. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of potential there,
1: you know? Cause the bots, I, from what I understand, it's pretty much like a chat, chat GPT on like AI side, whatever on the trading side. So they look up, they look up the bots themselves. They look up market trends, news, the whole nine. That's everything going on the internet. And from, from that, you know, from those facts or whatever they see online themselves, they then make moves from those news. That they see themselves which is like super insane to me because you know i you know you know most traders out there they literally just watch market trends and they watch local news or worldwide world world news and then that's that's where they make their bets these bots are doing those same exact things super crazy and
0: and most most humans at least in their beginning of trading they 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 start they try to focus on a specific strategy And they essentially train themselves to follow a specific strategy and become really good at it to the point where, not like they're a bot, but they're following their success formula mm-hmm. based upon the amount of data sets that they've downloaded on what the market looks like day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, and the bots do the same thing. And they're trained just like any AI model over time you know, to identify what the markets have you know, changed. So that's, that's the biggest difference too between different algorithms is the longevity of success the different types of markets and, and upturns and downturns that they, the bots have been able to, to weather and experience and um, be either programmed to, to understand or adapted autonomously to, to understand, um, you know, both very powerful. But, you know, for anybody trying to make money and, you know, build wealth for themselves, and, and I'm a huge advocate of understanding Is and I, it was a few years ago where I was like, you know, a little bit of a backstory is I was working probably 80 hours a week full-time in an in operations role in South Florida and also working, you know, 20, 30 plus hours in my side business, personal training and coaching. And I was like, I'm max. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be max and I'm close to it already with my time. It's not scalable. And I knew people that made a hundred, $150 an hour, just personal training and coaching. Cause you know, in a market like Miami, you can make a couple hundred bucks, you know, an hour easily sometimes. And they're still capped to how much they can learn based upon, you know, how much they can earn based upon their time available. So I'm always looking for, you know, ways to to scale in accordance with making something work without my active time input. Mm. Right. Yep. So that's maybe a, another conversation we could have uh, at some point in time is, you know, different, um, you know, different investment strategies and just how to, how to value your time and, and make use of it and, and understanding kind of a, a formula or a framework that you've obviously followed to scale. And we talked about this the the other day is like the people who have a lot of success in life, they are typically people with a a nice active income, right? The higher the active income, it's hard, it's hard to do anything, especially invest if you only make 40 grand a year. For sure. You know what I mean? So you need to find a source and find something where, uh, whether it be, you know, your own business or working for a company or, you know, just a high income, role of some kind where you can make enough money to then look to opportunities where you're now leveraging, um, rather than your time for money, you can leverage your leverage, your money for money, which is infinitely scalable. Right. For sure. And then you go into, you know, more things like, uh, you know, trying to acquire and find more leverage, access to capital, advance things like credit, which I know you've spent a ton of time. You have one of the best credit scores of people that I know personally, um, you know, work on enhancing that stuff so you can, do more deals, uh, you know, acquisitions, whatever it is, different investments in the future, a, t- a ton of things that people, you know, can do to, to make their lives better, take care of their people, take care of their family, uh, you know, better themselves beyond that on that journey, on that path to, to success. Right. And to achieve the fulfillment in life that I think every, uh, every human, you know, deserves and everybody's goals are, you know, different, but mm-hmm. I do think that, at least what I've witnessed is the path that people are on, what they're, you know, truly seeking, especially for men is they're, they're seeking something to work for, be passionate about and fulfilled for sure, you know, and it looks different for, for everybody, but I think people, I think a lot of people out there miss, miss that. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm curious to, to know what you think about that. It's kind of a, you know, a different conversation, but. You know, what do you think is people are looking for in life? It's a loaded question, bro. i put you on the spot. Very, this is this very, why people listen to your podcast right here. Dude, whatever you say next.
1: I think ultimately, um, this goes back to my four pillars of life. I think every human out there just wants to be happy. Right? And how do you become happy? There's four pillars up there. Health, wealth, love and happiness. You gotta you gotta have those four pillars to be happy. And I think ultimately, yes, we're all trying to seek financial freedom and to have, you know, the 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 highest amount of wealth and highest amount of health. But ultimately I think the main goal is just to be a happy human. And that's for anyone, right? Like you can be stuck in a shitty relationship or you can be stuck in a shitty job, like People just want to be happy, man. That's all I I all I can say with with that question that you asked me.
0: Yeah. I think I think you and I discussed this, but the first time I ever heard about the four pillars of life, I was probably 20 21 years old, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And I, it was when I first really started to get into like personal and self-development. Right. And it was I don't know what it was for you, but it was for me it was like Ty Lopez. Who
1: is Ty Lopez? Talking talking
0: about the four pillars. Mm-hmm. And it really is life-changing just under some some things are so life-changing man yeah. just from a strategy level just to know like knowing about the four pillars and looking at it for what it is is like wow mm-hmm. you know that that's huge for how to you know live your life um so i think that was definitely changing i'm, I'm, I'm curious because you've got you've got it actually written up here in your office you've got rocks pebbles sand and water what does that mean
1: uh, have you never heard this before
0: no i need that's what i'm asking tell tell me what that means
1: so so on my board here, on my on my board, it says rocks, pebble, sand, and water. And the fifth one is a jar. So pretty much we all, we get in our own ways. Sometimes we think once we have this, one of these pillars, we think that the jar is full. So let's just call it rocks, right? You put rocks in a jar, which is health you think your jar is full right fill up your jar with rocks do you, do you think it's full i'm gonna ask you like imagine a, a a jar full of rocks all the way to the top you would tell me it's full right
0: there's a, there's a lot of space left in there
1: there's a lot of space left in there and people don't know that right and some people with good health think that it's that's all that matters which i mean to them it could be mm. true right yep uh but then you put pebbles around the rocks it falls through the cracks Now, can I ask you, is is your jar jar full? You put pebbles between the rocks now. Is it full?
0: There's still some space there.
1: There's still some space in there. That's your wealth, right? And then you put sand in there, right? You thought it was full. You put sand in there. Now is it full?
0: It's pretty packed at that point in time.
1: Yeah, it's pretty packed. Yeah. But now you still have room for what? Water. So now your jar is ultimately full. Some of us think that our jar is full with pebbles, which is one of the pillars. And we can get in our own head, get a big head saying, hey, I'm happy, I have good health. But what happens to your wealth? You can't really have good health without wealth, right? Like you still need a place over, you know, over your head. Sand, love, that's my third pillar. You need that too in your jar. And happiness is key, man. That's what truly fills the jar up. You know, you you can get the health, wealth, love, but happiness is key, man, for sure. That's what really fills the jar, and that's
0: I have that up there. So no, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing, man. I, I hadn't, I hadn't, you know, that metaphor. I hadn't, I hadn't heard of that one, you know, before. But that's a, that's a good way to look at it.
1: I didn't come up with it, man. I just heard it from somewhere. (laughs) That
0: that doesn't matter. I mean, the the source of information. There's only one. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I love that. That's, that's really amazing. And I, I think you do really well at that. I think you kind of showed me, especially. I I think the the part of putting together the four pillars, it takes takes time, right? It's not necessarily one foot in front of the other. It's working on each of them cohesively and then trying to scale, I would say, accordingly. I do think a lot of people get caught up in...
1: Just filling it up with sand or just filling it up with whatever.
0: Just just being like tunnel vision on like the pebbles, Mm -hmm. you know, like tunnel vision on like, you know, making money. But, you know, with the, you know, trying to... Have a good, you know, friends, family, relationships, and stuff like that. If you don't have money, it's gonna be hard. Super hard. Because you might not be able to, you know, enjoy the time and, you know, the the financial stress that goes on in your relationships and your family. You can't give them. You yeah, can't what's give what's the
1: number money. one cause of divorce?
0: Uh, I'm guessing because you asked, is probably money. Money. Yeah.
1: Crazy. Yeah, it's wild. It is wild.
0: I there's there's another thing about. Um, I think it was, it was actually unresolved conflict is really the truly, which that's, I mean, from a, from a broad level, unresolved conflict is, you know, financial could be, you know, something in that bucket, but that's mm-hmm. the number one reason for people, uh, you know, to get divorced and like not listening to each other, understanding each other. Um, but I, I think, you know, I, I came from a, a pretty strong, like you know, personal training fitness background. And there was also a lot of people who are like, um, uh, super focused on like their health, like it was everything. And like, there's this saying and phrase like health is wealth. Mm. And there is people that do live that life too. And you can be, you can be really happy with that and and not have, you know, as much wealth or or earnings that you make, um, you know, from what you do. And you can be, you can be pretty happy. I'd say that pillar is honestly more important than having money. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you can, if you can have both and, and if you can have everything, you know, each pillar put together pretty well, I think you're going to be, you're pretty happy with your life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. When I hear people say health is wealth, Yes, I completely agree. I think it's really important, but I think more of it as health is just your foundation. You know, I think
0: so too. I think, I think it's essential. And you know, the, the thing about that too, is, for the people who get, I think that the tunnel vision of anything there, the tunnel vision people have is towards like, you know, money. I yeah. think that's the tunnel vision that people get caught up in. And before I had any money at all, I was still working on those other things and trying to, you know, think decades into the future. And, and this is a question for anybody to ask themselves. I had a mentor once ask me this, if I gave you or you had a million, $10 million today. What would you do with it? And how would you change your life? You have to put yourself in that mindset in the framework of if you had everything right today, like would you know what to do with it? Like, what would you do? And that changes, you know, your perception a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a lot of people who have a lot of money that are, you know, unhealthy and they wish that they could buy a day. You know? It's true. Longevity, longevity is huge. You think of it from a, you know, naturally, if you're extremely healthy and, you know, there's somebody, you know, the guy next door. And you know, he's got a lot of money, but he's, you know, in his sixties or seventies and he's not healthy mm-hmm. and he doesn't have that, uh, you know, probably long to, to live versus you've got, you know, the other guy next door who lives to 90, a hundred, 110, that guy can probably make more money too, mm-hmm. because stack some decades on top of your lifespan. And if you're, you're building exponential wealth, um, which is exponential, not linear. If you know, like Warren Buffett, if you look at like his earnings curve, like look at how much he made after the age of 50.
1: Crazy, right?
0: Compared to like his first 30, 40 years working, man. Mm-hmm. So longevity is huge as well. And, and I think like you and I and people's perspective should be the objective of like, how can I set myself up to live to 100 years old?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You can be a centenarian, man.
1: And with AI, we might just be up there.
0: <laughs> sure. I mean, with with technologies and, and health um, and medicine the way that it is today, it's very possible.
1: Yeah. Know. Not to go back into the AI subject, but isn't there like some kind of AI now that cures cancer? Something along those lines?
0: It's over the fence.
1: <laughs> Bro, it's crazy.
0: Yeah. People have been saying that cancer can be cured for a long time. Yeah. You know, that's a... That's an interesting conversation to have. I think it was someone brought that up in a conversation maybe with me like last week. Didn't talk too much about it, but um, you know, I, I think with, with that point, I think a lot of people have been I think there has been, you know, there has been cures over time. People have been saying this for a long time mm-hmm. that there's different cures out there. Um that's a you know, a different topic, different day, different conversation, probably different guests.
1: Yeah. But, no, you know a lot about that too it's over the fence <laughs> well uh i appreciate you for coming on man it's already uh, uh i know you got to get back to work and i appreciate you coming upstairs and recording a podcast with me what's your plans with AI after you built it to where you want it to be
0: so technological development and product um Customer service is something that we we have a we have a philosophy, mm-hmm. and it's to continuously invent. Okay, and you know, it's not like invent everything all at once, but it's like um, the goal is to at least in the industry that we're in, to bring it together so the companies don't have to use tools here, tools there, um, and create more of an all-in-one solution mm-hmm. for our clients. So. We'll always be improving the product, um, advancing it, adding new features and functions to bring more and more value to our clients in time. But you know what we've built today is really, really valuable. Um, right now, it's just uh, scale. Yeah. You know, huge focus on partnerships, business development. Uh, you know, selling new clients. Our software is a high-ticket software, and um, you know, scaling. Scaling every year, you know, 10 X the revenues over the next three years and be looking at a company that is very substantial.
1: Yeah. Cause you had mentioned the other day and not to get in your, like your guys' numbers and stuff, but you said you had close a client for like a very big amount. And that was just a normal amount.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We, we sell not to mention, you know, numbers, um, but we sell high ticket software. It's in the you know tens of thousands typically, um, it's not one of the softwares you get for like a hundred bucks here and there. Cause it's really more, you know, a lot of people look at these different tools, I'll call them tools mm-hmm. versus our product is more of a full scale solution, right? It's like having an entire team member or multiple team members that you've now added mm-hmm. to your company. Um, and it's an investment. So it's looked at, you know, as such, cause it solves, it really solves such a larger problem that companies have rather than kind of like piecemeal of a tool to do, you know, to do this and it helps in this regards. Um, So that's how we, that's how we picture it. That's how we
1: see it. Hmm. Okay. Always ask this with my guest, one book that's changed your life. When I was 22,
0: 23, I read, I think 40 books that year. Crazy. And I was just on a, I was on a binge. Of like personal and self development and like the 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 Tony Robbins, Brendan Burchard, uh, everybody. And mm-hmm. I was like reading reading everything. I kind of when I whenever I think about this, I kind of always go back to. And I, I read it a few years ago too. Um, but I think the thing that's became from a philosophy philosophy standpoint, one of the books that's been really impactful for me is the proximity principle. Who's that by? Uh, Ken Coleman.
1: I've never heard of that pretty, one. Pretty sure.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been a few years, but the the way that I see it is, it's your proximity of of people, proximity of you know your your space, your time, your location, everything that goes into your life that you surround yourself with is it, it's kind of like the saying, you know, you are. The average of the five people you spend the most time with.
1: So proximity me- meaning, like just law of attraction, pretty much, right? Another word for law of attraction. Yeah,
0: on a, on a on a you know the the book is is kind of you know goes into more detail about it altogether, but gotcha. Over overall, I think the the principle itself um, is is really powerful. So I think it's I think it's really helped me out a lot because if you understand that and you say okay, you're, you're going to do an audit of your environment at that point and who are you spending the most time with if you want to make more money are the five people that you're around the most do they make any money if the answer is yes if the answer is no you probably know where you're going to at least be headed in life mm-hmm. so i had to level up my environment and people that i spend time with um you know location i think it's good you have to be you have to be mobile and go to locations where there's you know where there's movement where there's opportunity um but I think I think that book is a is a good read. There's also another one It was really what kickstarted started uh, kick started my journey into personal and self-development. There's a book called uh, the One Thing, mm. which that's really about you know focus. I think we live in a in a day and age where it's so easy to get sidetracked and people want to you know do all these different things. And it's been some you know bad advice that's been given. I would say of like try everything, mm-hmm. mentality focus and get really good at one thing and it'll create opportunity to do many things. So I think that's a good book as well.
1: Yeah. That book is probably the number one most mentioned book on my podcast. The one thing, the one thing. Yeah. It's a good one. It is a good one. Um, For the people that are listening that made it this far, where can people find you?
0: Um, You know, I I don't, I don't post a lot on social media, at least uh, you know, now and today. Uh, I would say, you know, I'll drop my, I'll give you my Instagram. People can connect with me there. I'm, I'm definitely open if they want to reach out to me, you know, just, uh, you know, on a personal level, say hello, get connected. That's perfectly fine. It's a Chandler Goal official on Instagram. Uh, you know, one, one day I'll, I'll level it up.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> but for now, I've enjoyed my, you know, piece. Yeah, you know? he
1: likes his piece. We talk about it all the time. I'm like, bro, why are you not social- growing yeah. social? He's like, I'm the type of guy. What was that one YouTube channel that you had? That was like a faceless channel that you were.
0: That's Executive Media.
1: Yeah. yeah. So he's one. He's that guy. So if he was gonna grow a YouTube channel, he won't show his face. He just loves his peace that much.
0: <laughs> peace and privacy are super valuable.
1: No, it really is though.
0: Yeah, and 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 it's you know it's it's the time too. I I take peace and almost pride that I didn't post on Instagram in the past year you know what i mean like i that makes me happy
1: you know (laughs) that's like you're you're like okay i accomplished this because it's so hard right like yeah i feel like it's harder to because there's fomo and there's all these things that you will Mm -hmm. go through and then you have people whispering ear, oh you have to be in social the only way to be in so to grow in business to be on social but obviously you're not like i mean you're living proof of you don't have to be on social media to fully succeed.
0: You don't. There's many people out there who are very, very successful, the most successful, and you don't even see them online.
1: True. Well, if you made it this far, please subscribe and leave us a comment and let us know how you th- what you think about this episode. And if you want to hear more from Chandler, leave a comment below. And thank you guys for listening. We are signing out. Peace out. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you on the next one. Trying to better my health, but all my life, all my life, they've trying to keep
0: me down, trying to keep me down, all this time, all this time, never thought I'd make it out, never thought I'd make
1: it out, they break me, they break me. no, no, they take me, they take me. no, all my life, all my life,